Welcome to The Top, the podcast that provides you with what you need to succeed in the real estate world. Brought to you by the Collin County Association of Realtors. Get ready to tackle top real estate topics in bite-sized amounts with CCAR President Ron Leach and Jonna Fernandez, CCAR Chief Operating Officer. Hi, Ron. Hi, Jonna. Welcome to The Top. I'm happy to be here. Are you sure, even if we're talking about taxes? You know... If you have a system and know the rules, self-employed taxes aren't that bad. Well, I'm glad to hear that because that is the goal of today's conversation with Jennifer Grammer, CPA at Whitley Penn. This conversation will be invaluable to those starting out in real estate. I encourage everyone to save themselves the pain of being unprepared and get out a pen to take some notes. Pins up. Let's go. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, Ron. How are you? Doing great this morning. Jennifer, we really appreciate you taking time to speak with us today. Of course. I'm happy to be here. We're going to start with the basics, Jennifer. Are realtors considered self-employed and why? You know, that really just comes down to compensation. So it depends on if you are paid as a W-2 employee, which means you receive, you receive wages and your employer with, withholds tax. And, you know, you get your standard W-2 at the end of the year. If you're paid and compensated that way, then you are not self-employed. If you are paid through commissions and at the end of the year, you receive a Form 1099 for all of the commissions you earned throughout the year, then you are considered self-employed. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Now, there's something I've always wondered. So if you're self-employed or an independent contractor, do you pay the same amount of taxes as an individual employee who's employed by a company? Right. So that's a very common question. And you do pay the same amount of income taxes. The only difference is if you are self-employed or an independent contractor, then you're responsible for something called the self-employment tax, which is basically the standard W-2 employer's portion of the Social Security and Medicare tax. So it is a 15.3% tax that you will pay in addition to your income tax on your net income. So Jennifer, let me ask you, uh, we have a lot of new real estate agents joining uh, the business in our association. And are there, are there ways a new agent can prepare for their first tax season as an independent contractor? Definitely. So there are ways that you can, you know, make tax time easier on yourself and on your tax preparer if you are outsourcing. And that's just to, you know, keep good records throughout the year. So don't wait until the end of the year to go back and try to figure out all of your meals and travel and mileage. It's always easier to keep track as you go versus trying to go back and recreate the wheel at the end of the year. Another way you can prepare is to just be sure you're putting away taxes if you are receiving just, you know, commission tax for every sale that goes through. I always recommend withholding, or not withholding, but saving about 30% from any commission check you receive to go towards your tax bill at the end of the year. Well, that's some really great information. And so it's good not to procrastinate when it comes to that stuff. So, um, you know, as new agents get in the business, they're trying to figure out their budget and what they can allocate for different things. So do you think it's in their best interest? Should they be budgeting to hire a CPA to complete their taxes for them? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that it's very important that if you don't feel comfortable, you know, filing a Schedule C, which is the business income schedule on your Form 1040 each year to 
reach out and find, you know, a reputable, even if it's just a sole practitioner, such as CPA, because at the end of the day, um, if you, when you file your tax return, even if you're paying someone else to prepare your return, taxpayers are still legally responsible for what's reported on their tax return. So even if you don't prepare it, if you pay someone else, you're still responsible at the end of the day. So it's important to know who you're using and check their qualifications, check their history, find out about their service fees, what they charge, what it's based on. Um, and, you know, just really do your homework on that. And, you know, the first year you might go through a couple different, you know, maybe just interviewing different CTAs, see who the best fit for you is. Um, but, I mean, there's no reason you need to go out and find a big CTA firm to file your 1040 with a Schedule C. But I do recommend finding a reputable CTA that, you know, knows what they're doing and isn't going to take any outrageous, you know, standpoints that could get you in trouble in the long run. So, Jennifer, how long should agents keep receipts from business expenses? You know, that depends. So if you have a separate bank account for your real estate business and you run all of your expenses, like say you have a credit card and you only use it for your business expenses, having those monthly statements that show all of those expenses is good enough, I guess, proof to the IRS that you really did spend money on these business expenses. Um, if you don't have something like that, if you pay for cash or pay for something in cash, definitely keep your receipt for that. And we recommend keeping all documentation for seven years. Well, are you recommending um, that even seasoned agents as well as new agents should really set up a separate account uh, for their business? I always recommend that if you're going to be filing a Schedule C as, you know, an independent contractor, self-employed, it's always best to just have a separate account. It doesn't have to be a bank account. It could just be, you know, a separate credit card that you run all of your expenses through because, one, it just makes it easier on you to not have to go and break out, well, that once was personal, that once was business. You know, anything that was put on this card was a business expense. Okay, good idea. Thank you. Yeah, that really makes a lot of sense. So are there any common misconceptions that you hear about when it comes to filing taxes as an independent contractor? Um, one of the biggest things I feel like is people say, oh, I can just deduct that. Um, which, you know, the IRS, it totally allows for ordinary necessary business deductions. There is, you know, a gray area there where it's like, okay, well, is my dry cleaning really ordinary necessary? For some jobs, it really is. For other jobs, it definitely isn't. So it's, I think it's good, and that's where finding a reputable CPA that can help advise you on what is ordinary and necessary um, for business expenses. So to follow up on another question, um, Jennifer, mileage. Real estate agents, we drive a lot of miles showing a lot of homes in a lot of different areas. Um, what is the best way to calculate that? Uh, I know we get a... Uh, you know, a mileage allowance uh, that we can write off. But what's the best way to track business mileage versus personal mileage? You know, there are some, you know, the standard quote, there's an app for that. Um, there are some great apps out there just for your iPhone or your Android. Um, you can download a really great one that I have used and have had other clients use. It's called Mileage IQ. I know there's tons of other great ones out there too, free and paid. And it's just really easy. Um, you go on and it basically just uses the GPS on your phone. So when you start driving for business, you click start. When you stop driving, you hit end. And it 
sends you a monthly recap of all of your business and non-business driving miles. That's fantastic. I did not, I was not aware of that particular app. I'll need to go download that myself. So how often does the IRS audit tax reports and how can agents be prepared for such an inquiry? You know, that's such a common question and there's no, you know, exact, like, 3% of all returns are audited. I mean, there's not an exact number. I would say that filing a Schedule C, you know, being an independent contractor, self-employed, that increases your risk of being audited just because it is, you know, it's not just your standard W-2 that you're filing that the IRS just plays a matching game. They receive their version of the W-2, make sure you report it on your 1040, and, you know, the computer can do that for them. Um, when there's Schedule C's, when there's other schedules that are incorporated into a 1040, those have a higher rate of being pulled for audit. That doesn't mean necessarily they're, you know, every single one's being pulled. Um, but I would say it's a higher odd of, odds of your return being pulled for audit. But that's not anything scary as long as you, you know, are using a reputable person to prepare your taxes. You're not taking any crazy, outrageous expenses. You have nothing to worry about. And um, when to be prepared for it is if you do get an IRS audit notice in the mail, just usually it's a document information request is what they're called. And you'll just have to send in, you know, documentation of all the expenses that you claimed, which if you had all of your bank statements or monthly statements, like I mentioned earlier, you could just send those in to validate all of the expenses you had and send in your mileage log, which could come straight from that app, like I said. And you just send in all of the backups for your expenses, and that's usually all they're looking for. And, you know, it's a pretty easy, open, closed case. Well, and that brings up another question. So talking about, you know, write-offs and a lot of real estate agents, you know, work in the home. Is there a rule of thumb about working at home and how to write off any sort of uh, expense, office expense, uh, if you're working out of your own home? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a case-by-case basis. So to be able to take an office and home deduction, you have to have a dedicated space. It's not, you know, your kitchen table that you're using for work when you're at home, but it's also your kitchen. Um, it needs to be a dedicated space, and you'll need to know the square footage of that space and the total square footage of your home. And you'll be able to take either a standard per square foot deduction, or you can take a percentage of all of your expenses, which would be, your, say it's a 300-square-foot office and a 1,200-square-foot home. That's one-fourth of your home is being used for your office. And so you'll be able to take a fourth of, let's say, your electric bill, your internet bill, your cable bill, your um, all of the you know bills that you pay for your residence, whether it's rent or mortgage, things like that, would be able to take on a percentage deduction. Typically, the standard deduction is easier to do. There's a lot less record-keeping involved, and it's less likely to be questioned by the IRS. Okay, that's great information. I'm sure there's probably apps out there that we can probably go and investigate on those as well. For sure. So, Well, this has been some really great information that you've shared with us today, and I know you've helped a lot of people today. Thanks for taking time to speak with us, Jennifer. Of course. Happy to. Thank you so much, Jennifer, and we hope that you have a great rest of your day. Thank you, too. Thank you. For those listening, thanks for hanging out with us. And don't forget to subscribe to Welcome to the Top wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be sure to leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. If you have a question or topic you want us to discuss, we want to hear it. Email us at ask at welcometothetop.com and listen to hear it covered. We can't wait to hear from you. Thanks for listening and be sure to ask me why I vote 
Act, Invest. Special thanks to our host, Jonna Fernandez and Ron Leach. Producer, Bree Westbury. Audio engineer, Garrett Holton. Outreach and guest relations manager, Kendall Crawford. And podcast administrator, Sean Offsall. Tune in next time and don't forget to enjoy your journey to the top. The statements by speakers in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views or position of the Collin County Association of Realtors, its leadership, or its members. This podcast is not intended to give legal, financial, medical, or other advice, but simply to provide information as a springboard to further discussion and investigation.